five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Let's look at this. Okay, so GDPR enforcement has been sparse. And uh, that this is a funny article, I think. Who would think there would be any humor in the GDPR? But um, so Europe's general data protection regulation came into force in 2018. And uh, one of the biggest mailers in the UK decided that they would delete all of their customer history and all of their customers and transaction, you know, the, the, the scoring and everything that was older than 2017. They took 12-month buyers, kept them. And uh, because they were convinced they weren't even going to be allowed to mail them again because they didn't have a current opt-in. But other direct mail companies banded together and said, you know, we've been doing business like this for 40, 50, 60, 100 years, and the customers like it. And if we would just stop, they wouldn't hear from us. They would think we were under, out of business, and they wouldn't get the products that they like. And the um, ICU, what I think is the name of it, ICO, ICU is intensive care unit. Uh, whatever the GD, the British uh, official, it's ICO, I believe, uh, said, yeah, that makes sense. And so the rest of them went on and kept mailing, even though the, the largest cataloger got scared. But GDPR was supposed was really aimed at digital advertising and email, uh, the previous cartoon, and was supposed to fundamentally change the way digital advertising works. It was about it was about mm, inappropriate tracking and sharing of data. That's what it was really about. And uh, some publishers, like the WDMA, cut off their content for Europeans. <laughs> I just deleted all my emails from. Well, I didn't delete them. I just I I put them in the un uh, unsubscribe bin. Uh, I wrote to him first before it took effect, and I said, I'm unsubscribing you all unilaterally because, you know, according to the rules, they can find me 4% of my total gross income as a company, even though I've never made a dime from Europe. <laughs> and I said, that's a stupid way to think, and I'm not going to come and fight with the, ED, the, the, the EU about this. And so, you know... I had a lot of people write me like Jane over from from ECMOD and <laughs> she said, oh, please don't delete me. I will behave and I won't ever file a complaint. <laughs> and I don't have to re and you don't have to expect me to re opt in. That was another problem. You know, I meet people 10, 12 years ago. We're still friends, but, you know, I don't send them an extra opt in. And if you miss the day by a day and you send the opt in, you, then it becomes a violation just the ask so anyway it was a mess and so uh i was but i kept an eye on it i think i'm one of the few marketing u.s marketing people who even cared to mention it but a lot of a lot of publishers kept automatically opting in readers to their ad personalization yeah of course you would <laughs> unless they tell you to stop unless somebody tells you to stop and third-party data continued to flow freely through many programmatic pipes. Yes, basically very little change. It's, it's hard, in fact, to call to mind any landmark rulings relating specifically to digital advertising. 
there was a $746 million or million euro penalty handed to Amazon. But it's not clear why it was handed down and whether it had anything to do with personalized advertising or just the, 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 the essentially that advertisers might have access to some of the, uh, they might be able to advertise on the basis of transaction history from Amazon. It's not clear what the fine was about. It was more like secret. It was handed out by Luxembourg National Commission, and at the time it was more than double all of the other fines handed out combined, according to Wired. But the violator really didn't re- reveal what rules Amazon violated. Okay, WhatsApp was was uh, was fined by Ireland's Data Protection Commission, 225 million uh, earlier this month, and it may have an ad- advertising slant, but it's not clear what they were what. It's not clear what happened. Again, uh, you know, WhatsApp do, does not clearly explain how it uses data to its users, and WhatsApp does use data for advertising purposes, although I don't really see it. I use WhatsApp a lot, and it's just we just talk to each other. I don't know. Don't know how they do it. <laughs> Maybe they give it to Facebook, and now and then they'll know that I'm sending pictures to my, uh, or watching pictures of my grandchildren. I have no idea. Uh, I actually took time last night to watch, I turned off my premium subscription to YouTube, which my daughter gives me, and I watched the ads. And they're very, very unpersonalized. Very little connection. Some connection to what I'm watching, but very little connection to me. So anyway, you know, personalization is over overstated at best anyway the biggest digital advertising fine you could find maybe was 50 million against google uh, because they don't give ever they don't give their users enough information about how their data is used uh, they don't get proper consent and it's hard to opt out that's the three things but 50 million is like what an hour's worth of revenue for Google or something. Uh, but it was an, a, a significant symbol. Okay, well, it turns out that the way GDPR is is set up is that the uh, you, you come under the data protection authority in whichever EU state their headquarters are based. And because of tax purposes... Countries like to go to Ireland or Luxembourg. So get this. So Ireland and Luxembourg advertise that they are corporation friendly. Low corporate taxes. We'll be nice to you. We won't bug you. And then, and oh, by the way, we'll also be the police for GDPR. So we'll kind of leave you alone also. And so they get all the companies. How cool is that? So anyway, so the European Parliament this year passed a motion about the lack of enforcement in Ireland and Luxembourg. And so they sanctioned a few companies, but they really didn't tell anybody why. And so that's the state of the EU. So now a couple of, in reaction to that, a couple of uh, members of the EU Parliament have proposed (laughs) rules that say you can't personalize advertising at all. 
and uh, and and advertising and press around Europe say it would have devastating consequences. But of course, we know that's not true because almost nothing in advertising has devastating consequences. But uh, you know, especially for small businesses, small and medium-sized enterprises. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about small enterprises is they can mark they usually market to their geography. So they can use a newspaper ad, they can use a, a billboard along the highway coming into town. You know, they don't they have to advertise to darn near everybody. And they can shake your hand when you come in the door. I'll never forget buying a suit with my dad, my very first suit. And we went into Snyder's menswear. And Mr. Snyder said hello to my dad, and my dad introduced me, and I bought suits there for quite a long time until they went under. But uh, that's the kind of personalization that small and medium-sized businesses have. Anyway, this, is just, this was just a proposal from a couple of, of crazies, but it just shows you that advertising is always in the crosshairs, not just junk mail. So that said, now we're going to talk how to drive better direct mail performance okay and uh, this is from Summer Gould I actually talked to Summer on the phone and we've got a, an interview scheduled for next week I had the calendar a little messed up and so she's gonna have a chance to defend herself on what I say about her article so the first thing I want was interested in I'm getting dings here and I don't know where they're coming from but anyway it's probably whatsapp <laughs> telling me I shouldn't talk about them uh, direct mail has gone through drastic changes, and I was trying to think of any. I thought of order forms, key codes, fax numbers, return envelopes, and prospecting. But having said that, you know, I started thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, the seed catalogs still have order forms. Uh, we, we maybe have morphed key codes a little bit. We still have tracking codes, but a lot of times we use matchback analysis, which is better than it used to be. So it's, you know, fairly good. Um, my, my MasterCard bill has a return envelope. A lot of my, a lot of them, they don't pre-stamp them anymore, but, and maybe that's changed. They used to pay the return address or the return postage. Um, and one of my catalog mailer friends told me just a couple weeks ago that he was prospecting at a profit more than ever and printing hundreds of thousands of business to business catalogs. Whoa. So. The first question I'm going to ask is, Summer, what has changed? Seems to me Claude Hopkins, Scientific scientificadvertising.com, same, get the book, free download, uh, still applies today. Okay, so if you were running out of word count, you could have knocked those that whole paragraph out. Now, she gets to how to increase your direct mail performance list. Okay. That's right. List is really important. But she then moves to the more you know about your customers, the better. False. You know, having knowing, having a, a graduate degree in epistemology, I can tell you that most of what you could know about your customers is irrelevant. You could know the number of customers that have only nine fingers, like Frodo. Or you could know the number of customers that use multicolored nail polish at the same time or you could know I'm not saying it wouldn't matter it might matter it might matter for fashion sense you could know the 
the ring size might matter to a jeweler might not matter to you how many own, own a passport matter to fly fishermen probably doesn't matter to you it depends and 90 no wait there's an infinite number of things you could know about your customers and 99% of them won't matter at all it isn't better it just clogs your computer up in fact one of the real great lessons we learned early on when we started using data was don't use the mainframe because you know we generate a thousand two thousand variables for every customer no matter what and why clog up their their order processing system with all that we don't even know we know half of it no 90% of it is worthless we know that but sometimes it's not you know like the werewolf variable right how many of your customers buy during the full moon I've had two clients that that mattered for two clients that had double the average order size for customers that preferred ordering during the full moon but most of my clients didn't matter hell of beans and now you're getting to see why the art is more important than the science in some ways okay it's not the more you know exactly it's sort of the more variety it's sort of the key indicators and that's where mail shines mail can help you isolate causal variables it can give you the the actual impact of a variable on your customer file and until you can do that you really don't have anything and you can't do it with Facebook you can't do it with Google you don't know who engaged with your ad and didn't buy you can tell who bought but you don't know who saw it and you don't know of those who saw it who engaged with it and and who engaged with it and didn't buy and without that you don't have a label data set you can't really do machine learning which is why 87 percent of machine learning projects fail okay so you can do a lot of profiling you can do a lot of things we can do a lot of testing but it ultimately comes down to testing let the market tell you what the variables matter it's not the more you know it's what you know that causes customer behavior a little more nuanced I admit summer has a word count she's so nice too we're gonna have a good talk design now I wouldn't put design second most you know most experts I was rereading Dick Shaver's book this is a great book here Dick Shaver he says direct marketing is the is the best idea that was never implemented and he's right because I was I lived through that most of the people that talked about direct marketing and gave courses and all that didn't know what they were talking about and then the internet came along and then everybody was a database marketer and then everybody was big data and AI and all the rest of it anyway <clears throat> she mentions a couple of design ideas worth the read but says that you know flats have a bigger response rate uh, did you know that the flats have a bigger response rate but they cost more and there's the rub almost anything you do can raise your response rate but at what cost and what we're always trying to find is that 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 magic balance between costs going up and or cost going down and response going up or whatever it is you know, the inverse correlation there's a correlation between cost and response and we want to find the balance so that's why we test and direct mail has the best test matrix of any media messaging word choice 
Word choice is important, but most people would say list, offer, and then creative. And by offer, we can we mean a lot of things. Uh, Summer differentiates the message and the offer, okay? As if we have a, a headline and, a, and a, maybe an image, and then we have body copy to get you interested, and then we have, you know, buy now or buy one, get one free or something that's distinct. But sometimes, oftentimes, the creative has that whole body is one thing. So if you think about it, like David Ogilvy said, um, you know, incontinence help. If you're advertising to people who have, are incontinent, maybe put it in there. Liver, liver cleansing, whatever it is. He said, don't be bashful. You don't want to talk to everybody. You know, I once proposed that to Marion Merrill Dow that we use the headline, Cardizm users read this ad or drop dead. They declined to test it, but I'm sure it would have generated more names than what they put up. Nevertheless, it was one of the most successful direct marketing campaigns in the history of direct marketing it, when uh, Cartism was going generic. Okay, so free, always good. This is a free seminar today, free article. If you can give something away free, do it. And it doesn't always have to be free. Sometimes it just seems free. <laughs> but if you can figure that out, and then she says the next thing is, a percentage off and the higher the percentage off the more people will respond again but at what cost <clears throat> you're giving away margin and always if you test percentage versus dollar <clears throat> so if you're selling something for a hundred dollars twenty dollars off will outpull twenty percent off because most people don't know how to do percents especially if it's not a hundred dollars it's like seventy five dollars okay so then fifteen dollars off or 15% or rather <laughs> yeah I think that's right 15 no it's not right <laughs> or 20% off <clears throat> $15 will still probably win anyway uh, enough <laughs> it's a great article as you know we're going to be talking to summer next week and when that airs I'm not sure but uh, check out summer if you're doing direct mail for sure uh, because she does have lots of years and lots of experience, and I'm sure it isn't all in this article. 